Hi, I'm Michelle McLean. Welcome to Real Women. Today, we begin a series titled Becoming Courageous in Christ. If you have found yourself facing a tough decision, or maybe God is inviting you to take a step in faith, you're in the right place. This series will help us discover four essential steps in becoming courageous. We will also learn some quick tips and how to discern a message from God. Finally, we're going to see how we can find peace even when we do the really hard things in life because we're going to know what we are responsible for and what God is responsible for. One quick note, go to realwomenofgod.com and go to the resource header. Underneath there, you're going to find free downloads if you want to take notes and have key scriptures available. Now, courage has been a recurring theme in my own life the last few years. Being someone who has struggled greatly with overwhelm, I want to share what I have learned about being courageous and more importantly, what the Bible says about it. I hope you can be encouraged by this message. Now, in the past, God began stirring my heart into faithfully stepping out in courage. My typical response was feeling overwhelmed. Depending on the situation, I felt overwhelmed with fear, inadequacy, concerns of feeling or making a fool of myself, and honestly, just a lot of insecurity. I struggled with some of the things that God asked me to do because my own logical thoughts revealed the impossibility of what he was asking. Now, I felt some of these things because I had not really been a person of courage. I had not really studied the word like I should have. If I had, I would have known to trust God. If I had stayed connected to God in reading his word and praying, I would have been better encouraged by his promises, his powers, and his goodness. Courage is an important part of being a Christ follower. It's essential to be courageous in our hearts, words, and actions. Now, in the Old Testament, the book of Joshua, we hear of a story of a man of courage. It was a time of great change. The Israelites were on the verge of a new beginning. Now, after living in the wilderness for 40 years under the leadership of Moses, they were about to step into the promised land. They were about to receive something great under the new leadership of Joshua. Now, Joshua was a true servant of the Lord, as Joshua 24:29 says. He was a godly man who had hard beginnings in his life. He faithfully meditated on the word, believed what he read, and obeyed the Lord. He was a bold warrior, yet under God's ultimate rule because he trusted God. In Joshua chapter 1, God begins to speak to Joshua, encouraging him in his leadership position over the Israelites. God assures him of many truths that we can hold on to ourselves in venturing out in courage. So I'd encourage you to read that yourselves. Now in Joshua 1.9, the Lord says to Joshua, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. These words can be the same message that we take to heart when we face tough choices and stepping out in courage. Whether you're facing a new job, a disappointing diagnosis, a strained relationship, or asking God how we can serve in a faithful new way. Now, to get us all in the same mind space, let's take a look at what our modern day definition says about courage. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines courage as mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Now, really, this definition gives us three key concepts we will cover. The mental strength in our definition here describes our mind and critical thoughts. In our minds, we can decide whether or not to focus on some idea or something we've heard. We can choose to believe something, toss it out, store it away as a precious memory, or even let it transform us from within. 
we can determine if something is important enough to talk about or even do. On the other hand, the moral strength being, brings to mind our values, relating to our heart and mind together. Morals help us decide what is right or wrong. Now, if you're a Christ follower, you know that our morals, attitudes, and actions are usually associated with what the Bible teaches us. We are to grow in the likeness of Christ, and we have opportunities to do that every day in our hearts, words, and actions. Now, whether we're speaking of our mental or moral strength, we do decide or choose in our minds and hearts how we proceed. Joshua was such a man of mental and moral strength in his time. Joshua led a life that was honoring to God. We learn that God encouraged him in Joshua 1.8 to keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. God chose Joshua as a leader because he was a man of faith and obedience. He had mental and moral strength and did not rely on other people or any worldly affairs. He found his source of strength in the Word of God. So if you downloaded those notes off the website, the first note is, one, decide to be courageous in your mind and heart. Decide to be courageous in your mind and heart. This involves that mental or moral strength. Now really everything starts in our minds and hearts before we say or do anything. Joshua decided in his mind and heart earlier in life to be courageous. Now, as we break out this definition, we will see many components of being courageous, and some of them are in our control, and some of them are not. The good news is we do have control over much of our mental and moral strength. We can have control over our thoughts and ideas, and rightly focus our emotions and what we do with those emotions. Now, make no mistake, just because we have control over our minds and hearts, it does take discipline and effort. It's not easy. So, of course, there are exceptions to this as well, some people will deal with mental health imbalances and so forth. We don't always have control over what happens when we venture out, persevere, or withstand, and we rarely have control over that possible danger, fear, or difficulty that we read about in that definition. We just don't have control over everything that we encounter. The Bible speaks of how we might approach gaining control over our mental and moral strength. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So in your notes, you can circle the word guard. So notice it says, above all else, really drawing our attention to the fact that protecting our hearts is more important than anything else. We must protect our hearts. When we guard our heart, we give ourselves a chance to control our thoughts, protect our beliefs, and we can better control the things we say and eventually the things we do. When my husband and I moved into our home, we built a garden. Now, if any of you are gardeners, you're probably aware of the labors of dealing with poor soil. We decided to dig down two to three feet, feet deep and replace the poor soil with really nice garden soil. That way our tomatoes and vegetables really grow and thrive. We did this, but a few years later, we started having problems. It was like our tomatoes were dying, the vegetables were not thriving, and all the watering and good care just seemed to go to waste. So we started to dig around and we found the root of the problem. <laughs> and essentially the root of the problem was that all the surrounding tree roots were growing into that healthy garden soil and they were thriving and our vegetables were suffering. So the problem is we didn't properly fortify our garden perimeter and the, the bad roots took over. We had to spend a lot of time digging that garden out and build a defensive layer to fortify our garden. It now has adequate protection and it's thriving. Our hearts and minds are just like that garden. We must protect and fortify ourselves from the messages we receive so we can thrive as well. 
So you'll protect your heart, but then what? Paul gives this practical advice in his second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 10, verse 5, saying, We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now I want you to circle, take captive every thought. What does this really mean? Well, most often times when we're faced with the opportunity to be courageous as Christians, it's because of an opportunity to obey God, right? People do not generally put themselves in dangerous, fearful, or difficult positions because it's fun. They're usually doing it because they feel it's right or they want to obey as a Christ follower. Paul is speaking about the dangers of being influenced by evil. His argument to demolish every pretension that sets itself up against God is an act of human nature or an act of your attitude. And it's because it becomes hazard in our spiritual journey, a trip hazard. Now, these hazards in our journey can be dangerous because they ensnarl us in sin. So we must take captive every thought we have and make it obedient to Christ. This is a very active choice and active thinking is required. We have control over our thoughts and emotions. We must guard our hearts and minds from violent news stories, inappropriate TV or movies, books or magazines, or even the culturally and politically dividing topics that we're constantly encountering on social media. We have to protect ourselves and sometimes limit our time with the amount of are there certain people that we spend time with. People also can be a negative influence on us. Perhaps they're full of anger, gossip, maybe they're overcome with addiction or just ensnarled and sin themselves. We have to put limits and firm boundaries in how we expose ourselves to these people because it can cause us troubles as well. I know I found this to be true in my own life. I lacked boundaries in what I read, what I watched, what I listened to, and sometimes the people that I spent my time with. It greatly impacted my thoughts, my joy, my peace, and my lifestyle. Anyone who lacks boundaries will be bound to struggle as well. If we put garbage in, garbage comes out. And that's what happens to me. I had to forcibly clean up my heart and mind. I suffered a lot of spiritual warfare needlessly because of what I was doing to myself. Once I gained better control of what I let in my mind and heart, my thoughts changed. I was thinking differently, believed differently, and eventually it affected my speech and the things that I was doing. See, I had become that rather toxic person that I now try to limit my time with. Paul offers some next steps and a few solutions in Philippians 4, 6-8. through 8. He tells us, Do not be anxious, which we know is the opposite of courageous. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love that focus on praying. He goes on in verse 8 saying, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now I want you to circle, do not be anxious. Put a box around prayer. I want you to circle guard and circle think about such things. So all this to say, we notice a pattern in these passages. We must one, guard our hearts and minds. That's fortify. Two, take captive every thought and make it obedient. It's like having a filter. And then three, we fill our minds and hearts with the right messages of God because we need to fill ourselves with truth. Paul lays these ideas out and he even gives us the right things that we should be focusing on. I know I've actually had to make lists of the things that I know are to be true, right, pure, 
it really helps me get myself reset. So in your notes, you'll see, in order to be courageous, we must first fortify our heart and mind, filter our thoughts, and then fill ourselves with the truth of God. I love that Paul's focus is on praying. We have to focus on including God when we take control over something. It takes discipline, and we need God's help and power. When we focus on praying and we do it with thanksgiving, we're also focusing on the positives in life instead of everything that we know is just oh so wrong. The second note we can make here is that when we control something, we can include God when we gain control over our hearts and minds. He advises us to pray and to do in every situation. This helps us acknowledge what God has done, what he provides us with, and who he is. God has provided us his holy word, the Holy Spirit, and spiritual gifts, including wisdom, knowledge, discernment of spirits, faith, and more. Some of these spiritual gifts even aid us in the mental and moral strength that we talked about. We are very limited in our knowledge and abilities, but God is all-powerful and fully capable of anything. He can stir hearts into action. He can raise up kings and bring down nations based on his ability to tap into the hearts of anyone. It's imperative that we include God in how we gain courage because of his powers and abilities. Now, Joshua included God in being courageous. He included God by meditating on the word of God, but also praying. In Joshua chapter 7, he fell to the ground asking God for help and troubles that the Israelites were encountering. We must acknowledge the same truth as Joshua. We need God's power and strength. In your notes, you will see. We must call upon God in his, for his power and strength in deciding to be courageous. We cannot do alone. Jesus told his disciples the same truth that we can hold on to today in Matthew 19:26. Humanly speaking, he says, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. We can be a little courageous on our own, but with God, we turn things up. In my own life, I've had to learn this the hard way. I have, I've had many opportunities to decide in my heart and mind to be courageous and whether or not I was going to call on God in those times. Often, at first, I did not call on God to strengthen me. It took failed attempts to realize that it was foolish not to include God. If he called me to do something, wouldn't he pull me through it? So eventually I got better about praying. I got in the habit of praying and asking for confirmation that the message I was receiving was really from him. If you're wondering those same things, here's a couple of questions to ask yourself. When you hold your ideas up to the truth of God, ask, was this idea in line with biblical teaching or does it oppose anything that's in the Bible? God's never going to contradict himself. Would I be serving God in this? Would I be serving others? Would I be serving myself? Importantly, we need to ask ourselves, have we been reading the Bible lately? Are we praying? Are we staying connected to the body of Christ? Do we know God's voice and are we staying connected? Are we being called by God to step out in faith or maybe following some of our own desires? I would just encourage you to give some time and to pray on these things. God is good to answer us and so we must ask ourselves and God these important questions. That's part of taking captive our very own thoughts. On one such occasion, I woke up one morning with a vision that God gave me. God asked me to do the biggest task for him that I had ever been asked. I was terrified to say the least. It flew in the face of logic and was completely out of my level of experience, knowledge, or ability. Ladies, I can't wait to share more with you about the vision that God gave and what he did. 
In their next session, we're going to be covering the next three steps and becoming courageous. In the meantime, remember, decide in your heart and mind to be courageous. This requires mental and moral strength. If there's any way that I can pray for you in developing more courage, please check out realwomenofgod.com and message me. Like and share all the videos that are available, follow me on social media, and subscribe to the email list for more podcasts and devotionals. Read your Bibles, ladies. It's the best source of truth in our world. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.